Yeah, I'm excited for you for doing mushrooms now. Yeah. Actually, I, I didn't go into the interview. I just had on my, my uh, yellow note card, which I haven't used at all, should I do drugs? You should, and, yeah. and now I feel like I've been talked into doing shrooms. Welcome to Deviate with Rolf Potts, where I talk with experts, public figures, and interesting people about fascinating topics that meander off topic. I'm Rolf Potts, travel writer, author, teacher, and now podcaster. Today I rent a giant white pickup truck and drive comedian Ari Shafir around Los Angeles looking for a place to get a burrito. This is literally the operating principle of this episode. Now you might know Ari Shafir from his work on Comedy Central or his stand-up specials on Netflix. I know him from his Skeptic Tank podcast, where I appeared as a guest earlier this year, talking with him for more than three hours about long-term world travel. That conversation was, in fact, one of my inspirations to start a podcast of my own. Now, when I interviewed Ari in Los Angeles, we weren't nearly so focused on one topic. And while I don't want to give away too much about our conversation, I will say it crescendos with Ari making an extended and rather eloquent case for why I should do magic mushrooms. So, I invite you to join in on the ride as Ari and I meander lost through Pasadena for the better part of an afternoon. Uh, which way do we go? I'm, I'm with uh, Canadian and world traveler Ari Shafir, <laughs> and I'm his Uber driver for a day. <laughs> Where do you want to head to? <laughs> well, why don't you? I, I don't care. I mean, you, uh, you've lived here before, right? Yeah. You want to get like a good burrito or something? We could, or we could just like drive around and, and see Ari Shafir's uh, L.A. Okay, we could do that. I mostly lived in West Hollywood while I was here. Yeah, no, I was on the other side of the mountain. Uh, I'm going to turn right if that's cool with you. Okay. I was on the other side of the mountain. It's just a different feel over here. We're in Burbank. The um, valley used to be the, the lamest part of uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's gotten better. There's more like, I call them ciabatta places when you get gentrification. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but it's all like this. It was built in the time of the 70s where functional was like way more important. Right. So you get these square brown buildings so you can't even tell where you are by looking at it so this is the valley yeah which valley san fernando is it san fernando san gabriel i don't really know they just call it the valley like my uh <laughs> well there's the tom petty lyric right there's free fallen that's yeah. one of my perceptions of the valley the other one is um paul thomas anderson um who sets who set his early films in the valley and sort of spoke of growing up in the valley as if he'd grown up in alaska like somehow he felt culturally separate from the rest of Los Angeles, which felt absurd to me as a Kansan, but... Yeah, it's just nobody from here came over the hill to Hollywood and to, okay. like, to like, to L.A. It just, they just, like, yeah, I'm so close, but they just never did. Sort of a separate Yeah, it's kind community. of like when you live in Bushwick and people are like, well, I'm just two stops away from being in Manhattan, and then you're like, then why are you never in Manhattan? Right. We got, you got the, what, the F train? Is that on, that, go to Bushwick? Maybe, the L train takes you there. Okay. Oh, the L. That's it. Yeah, but they're, yeah. they're tearing it up in January for like a year and a half. Huh. It's going to create new, like, societies. People are going to have no contact with Manhattan and with Brooklyn. So, like, oh. you're going to see, like, separate art communities pop up. Yeah, somebody needs to do a PhD thesis on this. On the, what happened during this, during the, the L train debacle? Right, the flow, the urban planning flow, the... Is the artisanal tapenade going to taste different <laughs> on one side or the other? How does this affect white people? Yeah. Um, by the way, yeah. I'm just going to drive straight until That's you... That's what I used to do. Just fuck around, man. Just drive. Yeah, if yeah. If you're starting to get to, like, Torrance or something, I'll be like, hey, stop. But 
Right. No, see, actually, like Eddie from Torrance, that's from a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. That's uh, Boogie Nights. So I have this geograph- a geographical yeah. matrix that comes from popular culture. <laughs> um, and it feels really suburban. I came over the little pass from Lower Canyon? from the Hollywood side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget which one. It's, it's parallel to 101. And then suddenly it's just a different feel. It, yeah. It's suburban here. But then there's these little sort of throwback arty signs. Um, like that, like Family Donuts? Kind of like, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, no, Family Donut would do it. What what street are we on? Victory. Okay, yeah, Victory. Um, yeah, no, we can we can drive around, go to the... I haven't seen the ocean yet. How you could, been? Oh, this might not be a bad day to go to the ocean. I wonder how we get there right now. Oh, yeah, actually, it's... it's um, God knows when I'm going to eventually broadcast this, but uh, it's day one of the World Series. Yeah. You're a baseball fan, right? I'm a baseball fan, but... It feels like you and I are both baseball fans in very specific ways. So, like, was part of the reason why you're in L.A. this week because maybe the Yankees were going to be in the series? Look, it was, like, a lot of things. I was like, I didn't want to come before I went to Phoenix, but it's, it's only, like, half an extra trip instead of two extra trips. Right. So I got to go to Phoenix, so it's, like, I'll stop here a couple days before. But then it's, like, all right, you want to do this podcast. We didn't really have any other time. Um, right. A couple girls I want to hook up with. And okay. then... Uh, and then, um, yeah, the World Series. The Yankees are like, they were, they were up 3-2 yeah. at the time. And I was like, there's a chance I can see them in the World Series. I won't have a chance to see them if, you know, in New York. I'll be gone. So, yeah, I'm an adult now. I can afford World Series tickets. And I was like, this will be the time. Yeah. Yeah, it all came together. It was like, yeah, fuck it, Rolf, I'll meet you. Fair enough. And so now I'm, I'm driving you yeah, around. You're reaping the benefits of that Game 4 comeback. Right. Yeah. Who do you like? The Royals? I'm a Royals fan, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was here last time. I think when you contacted me for your podcast, um, I was in L.A. watching baseball and seeing friends, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't even make the postseason. And no, they had a chance for a while, a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, they, they won the World Series two years ago. So. Oh, really? Was that it? Yeah. They beat the Mets. Wow. The Mets won the World Series two years ago. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Baseball they're terrible time. now. They had a pretty rough season. Uh, yeah, the Royals have been around 500 ever since the World Series, and um, they let go of some of their best players. But you know how fandom is. Actually, I don't know how your fandom is, but I, I have to be slavishly loyal to the Royals. I mean, it'll be fun yeah. to watch this series. Apparently, it's going to be the hottest game one of the World Series ever. ever. Yeah. I mean, it's late October. 24th today, 23rd? Is it 100? I didn't check the weather. Is they it said a, it was going to be 100. Yeah. It was like 104 yesterday. <laughs> Jesus, in October. Yeah. I mean, in late October. It's tough to argue against global warming now when you God. see moments like this. I know you can't just do one day at a time and say that's global warming, but, man, it is hot. No, this is hot for, like, August. It's stand in the parking lot and just sweat hot. Yeah. Oh, we're right near Dodger Stadium, actually, now. Are we? This is, I think, if I'm right, this is Griffith Park. Is it? Or some Have edge we, of it. Are we back into the into it Los Angeles like proper? It. I might be way wrong, but it just looks like we're about to go back into it, or the top end of it. And, 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 and have you lived here? Oh, you lived in West Hollywood. I lived in West Hollywood. Okay. I moved here after, after, after college at the University of Maryland. And I was right. like, let's take a chance now. Um, and was that with, like, the entertainment business in mind? Yeah. I took some screenwriting classes in college, so I was like, okay. maybe I'll try that. But then I never did it. I just, um, yeah, there's Griffith Park. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, make a right. A right at this intersection right here? Yeah, oh, I can't. Not this one, the next yeah. one. Where is it? Oops. Give a look. A better than us? No, sort of. Yeah. I love when people like have to do short stops, and everyone else gets to have that moment of like, 
Well, may, may I've never not. done that in my life ever, so I get to look down on you. Well, I'm still sort of in this in this um, rental car, uh, getting used to the new rental car. So, like, I had a hybrid yesterday, and it got a flat tire, and there was no spare, and so now I have a pickup truck. A giant pickup truck. Yeah. Great. I, mean, um, I think I was in Mozambique the last time I had a rental pickup truck. How was your last trip? Well, let's see. Well, I went to uh, Paris and Iceland since I saw you last. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw the pictures of Iceland. Yeah, it was great. I, I went there with ah, my family. Man, it's gorgeous, huh? Oh, it's, have you been there? Yeah. Okay. I went there on tour, and my friend lived there, so he's like, let me be your tour guide. And I was like, for sure. So where'd you go? I went to the north. Okay. Um, to the geyser. A, a couriery or Oh, to the, yeah. Um, we took a plane up to the north. We started in Reykjavik. I saw two concerts in Reykjavik, Brian Wilson and Paul and, um, and uh, Justin Bieber. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, because he had tickets to Brian Wilson, and then um, the promoter of my show was like, we're promoting Bieber tomorrow if you want to go, and me and this oh, other okay. guy and Ari okay. were like, we may as well go, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's I mean, I just, Bieber is, um, is barely a ping on my radar. He's just somebody I read about online. Yeah, like yeah, no, me too. I mean, I've heard of songs, sort of. I know that dates me, but I just... I wouldn't know a Justin Bieber song. Did you see Northern Lights? I didn't know. I mean, it's, the days were so long. What yeah. time of year did you go? September. And I didn't see them. They were like, you got to catch a good day if it's in September. I did Tinder my last day how's, in Iceland. How's that? Isn't that a place like you just, you just wondered, like, what's it like to, to date someone in Well, in I've Iceland. heard in places like that, they really want to date out of their small gene, gene pool. pool. Yeah. yeah. Like, they really want that. Yeah. So, like, travelers get laid. But then the problem is, too, like, if anybody's got chlamydia, it just rips through the population. Huh. Huh. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it in those terms. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't that, thought that far into Icelandic Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Did you get, did you, did you, like, meet anybody? Well, I was with my family most of the time. So, like, just, like, the last day I was there, I went on and thought, well, let's just see what, what's on offer here. Yeah. And so I had some conversations. And... Humorously enough, like one of them worked at the Saga Museum, you know, and so, like I was standing in a room with her. I mean, that's how small Iceland is. I, I, I was, I'd been standing in a room with her like the day before. Oh, really? Yeah. And then we, <laughs> then we connected on Tinder. Uh, they, they seemed really sweet. You know, they, they seemed like they would be fun to meet, but I, I was leaving and I wasn't going to go on a Tinder date when I was with, with my yeah. family. Do you go on Tinder dates when you go to other countries? That seems like a good way to get to know like a local area. Um, Just like, tell me about shit. Yes, and people do that. I actually dated a woman for a couple of years who I met on Tinder while I was traveling. Um, we, I, I was just, I was bored. I, I'd just flown over the Atlantic. I had a, a transfer in London. Uh-huh. And so I just bored, you know, I don't know how you use it. Sometimes it's interesting just to sort of look at human nature and sort of the population demographics through a, a dating app, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually Los Angeles is, full of really good-looking women. So, oh, my God. Dude, as soon as you land, I forget. When you land at the airport, you're like, what the fuck? And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, L.A. Well, New York is this, New York is similar, too. Um, but Similar. New York is like the Princeton to, to L.A.'s Harvard. You think so? Where it's like, it's a good school, but relax. <laughs> there's, maybe there's more. It's like a bigger school. I, You know, one thing about New York, too, is that you have a lot more humans per square block. Mm-hmm. And so the odds that you're going to see someone yeah, just you're constantly insanely in good-looking yeah. is very strong. Whereas, um, and I was thinking in terms of like social media apps. So like when you get on Tinder in Los Angeles, it's just maybe they just take good pictures. But there's just a lot of very good-looking women. Yeah, they're more self-absorbed here, so you're getting a lot of pictures. 
right being taken all the time like I look good right now take this take this well and then also it's like oh here's someone who works in a dentist's office or someone who's in realty and all their pictures look like they were done with a professional photographer like with those special yeah. umbrella lights <laughs> and stuff you know <laughs> yeah yeah the funny thing is that boyfriends are now at this stage where it's like they're constantly taking pictures of their girlfriends like when they go on a hike like oh take this take this like no take another one no right. doesn't work take another <laughs> one so they're constantly taking these pictures of their girlfriends and then those pictures are going to get used when you break up for right. the girlfriend to move on to another guy right yeah no I had uh, what, what happened is I matched in London when mm-hmm. I wasn't even going to London and then we had a first date in Paris and then we dated for two years wow um, wow and, you and, just sort of like kept chatting online and then yeah and well then you like, know hey, I'm, I'm so international that I, why would I it's not that weird to have a girlfriend in London because I'm sort of based in Kansas but not really I spent a lot of time in New York and Paris and Paris. other places too uh, so we just tried to make it work uh, uh-huh. and and met all over the world uh, so yeah so my my experience with that dating app is I, I don't know if people certainly a lot of people end up dating for a long time with someone they met on a Tinder type app but it there's marriages now oh yeah I'm sure yeah. I'm sure actually yeah th- there was a time in, in earlier in that year where I where I just sort of discovered it and it's actually a lot of fun it's a great way to, to meet women and uh, and then but then almost as soon as I started using it then I dated monogamously one woman for two years so so it's done so but but since we split up um I used it in Iceland, had some fun conversations. And then, then sometimes I just use it. Like, I, I use it here in L.A. and, and had some matches. But yeah. then it's just like I'm too... I'm too I busy to actually go on to, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't really be bothered to, well, to meet luckily, up. Well, that's L.A., so everyone's too busy to be bothered. Yeah. But it's just interesting to just to sort of see how what women look like, how they present themselves, what they complain about. Do you use these apps that much? I had to get off Tinder. Okay. Because a couple, a few years ago, because um, it's just taking up so much time, just swiping all the time. Mm. And well, then, like, I mean, I hooked up with a couple girls off it, but, like, not worth it. Like, really? time versus value. Hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, it just wasn't working for me. There's a deep... But it would be cool in another country to do that. Yeah. It's a deep what? No, you should... Oh, a deep pool in New York. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, there's just so many interesting people in New York. Yeah, I meet girls after shows. Okay. And then it's like, that was funny, and then you're like, you're cool, like, let's go to the bar, you know, one of the 30 bars within 10 feet of us. Right. And grab a drink, you know, on any night of the week that's open till 4 a.m. Right. Um, and then you can talk that way, and then you're like, ah, okay, this wasn't, I'm, I'm out of here. But, like, no harm. Okay. If it's not cool, and if it is, then it's like, I don't know, she was neat. Well, we've both talked before about introversion. Um, yeah. But I think my professional, my profession makes makes me less public unless of course I'm traveling but even then it's not like I'm on a stage with an audience and can meet people afterwards except when I'm on book tour so yeah I will say that idea of like going out to a bar afterwards with girls it doesn't really happen that much okay um, it, it would happen if my guy friends are all going also and then it's like right. hey let's all so I have some like people to run stuff off right yeah right. new people I get shy really around yeah huh. uh, audiences are faceless that's true. Yeah. So, like, I can be open to them. It doesn't matter. And then afterwards, a one-on-one becomes, like, way harder. Okay. To huh. say, like, the same things I would be saying, not, you know, to 100 people. Right. So, you're you're alluding to your introversion. Yeah. Okay. You think you are one? An introvert? Yeah. 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 Um, 
like I'm comfortable. Maybe you're the obviously the same way. You're a comedian. Not just some hot mom. Which one? Oh, the one with the black yeah, dress. Black dress, just like some oh, and the, and super like a, hot mom on like a twelve-year-old Tuesday. Yeah. No, actually, at the, at the rental, at the rental office when I was picking up this truck yeah. an hour ago, like yeah. hot moms drop by. So what were you saying, introversion? Sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I'm probably there's probably gonna be like 20 minutes of this that's keepable because it's just <laughs> just play the whole thing. That's just, what I would do. Just sort of always open, play the whole things. Right. Like. Uh, Sort of 90 seconds of conversation um, offset by like, where the hell are we? Oh, Griffith Park. Yeah, the sagas. Oh, hot mom. Tinder. No, these 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 travel podcasts are great because people feel like they're in the backseat. Right. Yeah, they feel like they're fine. They're with you. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm hoping to approximate. You know, I, I listen to podcasts so much, and then I've participated in some, including yours, where I just sort of enjoyed drifting laterally a little bit. Um, what do you mean? Well, just sort of going off topic or riffing yeah. on something interesting. Uh, and so even though I listen to podcasts for topic or personality-driven reasons, um, my, my favorite podcasts are just when it, it's like hanging with friends. or like just The sort meanderings. Of, yeah, the meanderings and just, and just sort of the, the weird insights that people deliver in, in random unguarded moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you really like let your guard down. Yeah, or just forget that you're in an interview, you know. Hence, mm-hmm. <laughs> tell mics with in a, a car. Right. No, I, I did this once, too, with a... And, and this is, like, season one, you know, and I keep fucking things up, you know, like setting MP3 instead of Wave and, and you know... Yeah. You'll get it, it. I lost a few. Did you? Yeah, yeah, like, you have to record twice, and I hit record once, and just, like, an hour, and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, no, I'm hoping I'm hoping to avoid that. We'll see. I'm sure I'll lose something. You just have to be... You have to get the routine down. But even, yeah. like, the idea is that it's, like, deviate with Rolf Potts' podcast. You know, you just... So you sort of deviate from what you're supposed to talk about. But then, like, I went to... That's, I, like, what you do in the world, by the way. You what, just deviate your way to wherever. Well, that, well, yeah, at its best, you know. Yeah. I, I drift. I go to... I, yeah, as a travel writer, my favorite moments are when I go without a mission, with, without a magazine assignment, and just what happens, happens. Um... But it can be sort of hard to arrange. Like, so my first test interview was with my friend Jessa, who's like a, an author and lives in Kansas City, so she was close to, to visit. And I'm here, well, what, what, we, we can't talk about literature. She used to do the Book Slut blog. I don't know uh-huh. if you know Mm-mm. the Book Slut. She's like a, one of the first big blog era literary critics. Very okay. opinionated and funny. Uh, but I, I'm like, well, we can't talk about books, so we want to talk about it. And so she's like, Keanu Reeves. So, so we go to talk about Keanu Reeves and we're drinking and it's just I realized that I probably should have like watched John Wick or like my Keanu Reeves knowledge was was nil yeah and so yeah like so, Matrix only and then you're like I don't know does he do other movies yeah, yeah yeah so it was a very flat and so she has this very specific female relationship to Keanu Reeves that alludes to things and so she was talking about certain scenes and certain movies and certain things he's done I just had it I just needed to do my research um and maybe we shouldn't have front-loaded it to Keanu Reeves anyway. And, and, like, who gives a shit about Keanu Reeves? I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I think it's cool when somebody has a passion about something. Yeah. So, like, if you take somebody who's, like, let's say I interviewed Charles Barkley, and, like, obviously you'd be, like, basketball. But you're, like, no, no. You're into grilling. Let's talk about that. Well, that's exactly you know? that's exactly what I have in mind. Because I, I get the sense that there's people... And this is not me, because we talked about travel for three hours. And, yeah. And I, I had a blast. Yeah. 
And but I think there's people maybe who have to promote a film or a book or you know they're a sports star and they're, that's retired and they're tired of talking about how many uh -huh. yards rushing they had in 1995. And really, all they want to talk about is what a barbecue, Magic yeah. the Gathering. And they um, never get a chance to talk and about it. They never get a chance. So to if they talk open up, it's like such a real, interesting. Like you're you're with a, a person. Yes. You know. And, and you're with something that they're actually excited about yeah. in a non-prescriptive way. You know that everybody else asks them about X and they just want to talk about. You can hear interviews when you like, oh, you've said this 20 times. The yeah. exact same way you're on autopilot, you've rehearsed yeah. it. And, I mean, I, I can hear myself saying that. Um, like there's, the there's some vagabonding maxims that just flow right out. And I'm not, I don't do enough interviews that, I, that I'm bored by them, but I just, it's like, this is the way I say it. It, yeah. it makes a lot of sense this way and so I'm just going to say this same this 20 word phrase for the 30th time yeah. I mean do you have that I mean, you do a lot of podcasts but I suspect you do a lot of riffing that people aren't saying well tell us about being a comedian yeah they, but there's still shit that comes up like that yeah where it's like how'd you get started I don't know dumb stuff where it's like it's just like I, I figured out how to say the best so I'm going to yeah. say it exactly the same every time yeah. it's, it's this is the clearest way to say it well I just picked you up from a podcast what, what were you doing there sports podcast punch drunk sports okay. and my friends are just like we would hang out behind the comedy store and just talk shit about sports. Like we'd uh -huh. say, it's like thirty percent sports, and then seventy percent whatever else, like, you know. Okay, so what did you talk about today? Like the World baseball Series? a little bit because we have one fan who's a Dodgers fan. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that's Sam Tripoli. That's the shirt I'm wearing. Uh, some fan sent me this Sam Tripoli's fat shirt, <laughs> so I broke it out. <laughs> Sam Tripoli? Who's Sam Tripoli? <laughs> He's my co-host. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I, I thought this was some CC Sabathia type yeah. sports person. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Sam. I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about who's hot or like like 80s hot or today hot or 90s oh, okay. hot or today's hot where it's like we looked at like Nicole Brown Simpson and Vanna White and we're like, they're not that hot. We remember them being Ooh. hotter. But when you look at them now, it's like not even close. But what if you, and I don't want to like make you retread what you just talked about, but like if you put Vanna White um, like in yoga pants and-, and Oh no, and, we look at pictures of her like she was in Playboy. Okay. We looked oh. at her at her best. Okay. And it was like, yeah, she's hot, but like not this blow me away, you know, like Tiffany Amber Thiessen we're looking at too. She was hot. She was super cute, great body from Saved by the Bell. Right, yeah. That? No, somehow I missed that, oh, yeah. that whole Saved by the Bell thing. Completely. How old are you? 43. Okay, yeah. So I got a few years on you. Uh, and so I was leaning into the 90s, like right in grunge 90s. Oh, really? You know, so I, I hit the sweet spot. Of the 90s. Yeah, how old were you during Nirvana? Um, uh, I was 20, I was a month from being 21 when Nevermind came out. Okay. And I had listened to Bleach before Nevermind, because uh, I was living in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, mixtapes were going around. I listened to Mother Love Bone. It's, it's so funny. Mother um, Love Bone, wow. There was this evangelical aspect. I remember getting a tape with Jane's Addiction on one side and Fugazi on the other. And I love Jane's Addiction so much that it was like three months before I listened to Fugazi. You just kept rewinding and listening yeah. to the other one side? Yeah. And then they ended up being huge <laughs> bands for me in the 90s. But then it was the same way. That, that Since I was a Jane's fan, a friend thought I would like Mother Love Bone. And I was fine with Mother Love Bone, but Bleach was on the other side and I really liked it. Yeah. But because I was so cheap, I didn't actually buy Bleach. I just sort of had this tape with Bleach on the other side. I didn't even know the names of the songs. Dude, I hadn't bought any music for about maybe 20 years after CDs and before like right now I just got into it once like pirating came out I right. was like oh I'm in 
Yeah. That's I've got it now. I'll, I'll listen to tons of stuff. Right. This guy has his his NLCS championship flag. Oh wow. Car. No, this was me two years ago because the Royals were in the World Series. That must have been exciting. I had a George Brett rookie card. That was my oh, hi- that was my highlight of all my cards. That's awesome. Yeah, you. I didn't have that, but I was again. I was a cheap kid. I did. Yeah. I recorded songs off the radio and. I mean, I didn't buy it. I actually stole it from my friend. My oh, okay. Brother. I stole a Roger Staubach off a friend once. Really? <laughs> yeah, but I was at an age where I just I, I was just crippled with guilt, and so I, eventually I brought it back to him and told Did him. Did you I really? St- stole it by accident. Yeah. I said, "Oh yeah, I took this." Yeah. I've got to find mine and give it to Herzi Ginsburg. I'm like, it's probably worth way less now, actually. Herzi Ginsburg? Yeah, Herzl. Who's Who's Herzl Ginsburg? That's his. That's the brother, of the kid I took it from. That's my oh, friend. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um. I was. And I love how when you're a kid, like you don't even know what really why things are right and wrong. You're just like, I guess it's wrong, but like right. it doesn't make sense to you. Like, like now I'm like, I don't want stuff stolen from me, so just yeah. don't steal, don't do that. Yeah, let's be a part of society. I think there's a point when you're a kid when you realize that it's not that hard. Um, to what? To not steal? To, steal, to steal something? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Did you shoplift when you were little? I didn't. I didn't. I was. Yeah. No, I was. I did all the time. No kidding. Oh my god, I got good. I did it while I was with my mom once, and that I was nervous about. But like, yeah, I would always take what something small. No respect. Like food or? Uh, no, not usually. Although uh, now at airports, I steal a lot. Huh, still. Yeah, I was okay. in line trying to buy a banana yesterday. I got I landed at LAX, and and then the line was taking forever. And then I'm like, well, I don't. I can just turn and leave. And so I just do. Fuck Hudson booksellers or whatever they are. I don't, I don't care about them. <laughs> so how was your world? Because you grew up religious, right? Uh-huh. So did that frame your world? Couldn't justify you? what I was doing. Okay. But you didn't feel bad? You didn't feel like a gut level remorse? No, not on that. Not on that. I should have. I, sh- I just wasn't old enough to do the math. Like, you know, don't steal. It's in the 10. Right. You should not be doing this. Right. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course not. But then I didn't. I wouldn't steal from people except for Herzl's baseball card. And you stole the George Brett from Herzl. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to find that guy now. I realize this now. I'm going to find him and, and give that back. Let him know. So you still have it? Yeah. I just gave my collection to my, my nephew. Okay. Bar Mitzvah. I was like, you sell it all. It's, it's yours. Did you do sports growing up? Did mm-hmm. you have a sport? Yeah. Basketball, mostly. Okay. Um, Jewish school, so I was a center. Okay. Um, Actually, uh, interesting fact. I was doing, I was doing my, uh, my pre-podcast research about you. And Google has a little list of autocompletes at the bottom. Yeah. And oh, like Ari Shafir and then whatever fills in. Right. And actually, yeah. one of them was Ari Shafir's wife. And there's a Rolf Potts wife if you Google Rolf Potts. Really? So I guess people are trying to figure out if, if we're married. <laughs> That's just uh, women. Tr- and then my my weird one, like yours was Netflix or comedian or whatever, and mine was vagabonding or stuff like that. But my other weird one was net worth. Net so worth. people are trying to figure out like my net worth. If your life of of travel has brought you like right if, if I'm like some trust value. fund kid who oh, right. who, who um, I'm just assuming here but um, should we go left right Take right Colorado okay. we'll see where that takes us, right. that takes us um, and yours is height really like your weird your non-professional weird one is wife <laughs> and height. height so how tall are you 6'3 okay what about you about the same yeah um, I used to call myself 6'2", but then I found that I was always taller than people that called themselves 6'2". Yeah, I think I'm 6'2 and a half. Yeah, so but we're quarters. about the same height, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm friends with Joe Rogan, who's like surprisingly shrimpish. Right. Um, and then people see us next to each other, maybe that's what it is. Like, wait, what? Yeah, actually, 
yeah, I'm friends with Tim Ferriss, and um, we we actually speaking of Flaneur, we walked. It wasn't really Flaneuring because we weren't wandering, but we walked to Versailles from uh, Notre Dame. Wow. It, it was like 15 miles. Yeah. Uh, and then when we were there, we took a selfie, and I I didn't, don't really think of Tim in terms of height, but I'm just like a lot taller than him. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. When you realize someone's like, oh, you're tiny, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess it's it's um one of those things. I guess there's certain characteristics. When you when you're hanging out with someone that you just don't think about, so I I guess maybe I don't usually think of height unless someone's a lot taller than me or a lot shorter than me, or just yeah. like like we're driving in a car. My other I was traveling around with um, my friend Ernest White, who's a who's a travel writer and sort of a new friend, and and uh, we were sort of we went meta into our friendship and sort of talked about how he's black and gay and I'm white and straight, and but yet somehow. That was not really obviously. We, like I didn't know he was gay at first, but it, it just was a non-issue until it, to do with until it. it became a part of the conversation. Yeah. And so that that entire podcast is just me turning on turning on the recorder because I hadn't planned on interviewing him, and we're just talking about that. You know. So what does this mean? You know. And what is it like? And what, it, what what does it matter? Being short, black, white, gay, straight, um, male, female, whatever. Anyway, I yeah. mean, did you like with with Joe Rogan? Did you? I never really noticed his height until you like think about it. Right. Yeah. Especially when there's like big people, uh, like fat. I, I never know how tall fat people are. Huh. Because that's their big characteristic. Would you call Patton Oswald fat? No. If okay. I was friends with him, I'd call a tattoo his face to, to razz him, but I wouldn't okay. refer to him as fat. No. Okay. I mean like way into obese. Okay. Um, John Kennedy was fat. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Hey, John, Patton Oswalt is like non-American fat, <laughs> not American normal. I guess I'm gonna go right. No, here. no, go right. I've never been on this bridge. Is this and, the is this the Rose Parade? That's the fucking bridge. So we're going under it. We're going under this I've bridge. I've seen this bridge a thousand times, but I've never. Is been this on the, it. is this the Rose Parade bridge? I the think Pasadena so. Rose Parade bridge. Yeah, I think huh. so. Oh, we should have gone left and gone over it. But whatever. Well, so you've probably been over it. Yeah. No, I've never been on it. I always take the freeway past that. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. So a lot of people commit suicide off that bridge. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting fact. <laughs> right. Talk about the down. Deviate podcast. We, we, <laughs> we're we're on like our to... 80th topic of conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how, how far into the, into the are, are we? Well, almost at an hour. What, have you decided like what you're aiming for for these? Well, I'm going to aim like for an hour and then I'm going to have some shorter episodes. But in honor of you, this is going to be as long as it needs to be. Because yeah. you do long podcasts. Dude, I got right? better response off your podcast with me than I've gotten off almost anybody. Really? Yeah. I can see the response on Twitter. People like, people oh. have a desire to do what you do. Yeah, interesting. Well, it was a good conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. not to self-congratulate, yeah. but you obviously had the energy. Like, you had, you had traveled not that long ago. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so there was just sort of this energy like just sort of this edge to what what our conversation was and you i think you asked people to mention you know retweet and, and mention or whatever i got a lot a ton of retweets and instagram mentions on that yeah but i mentioned that a lot and people don't always go for it interesting huh? yeah there is a there is a population that is like way into the idea of like hanging up the cleats and just just going out there okay and, um, and wandering the earth yeah and just seeing things but they're like they have this they're met with this internalized like from the outside like pushed into them like but you can't really do that well yeah there's so much fear um, yeah and it, it's not even with all the information about travel these days it, it really hasn't dulled the fear it's made it worse you know um in in some senses that that um 
there's this sense that the world is this horrible place, um, but of course it isn't. You know, it's not. It's pretty great. Even like Afghanistan or Syria. Like when you say Syria, my first thought yeah. was like, "Are you crazy?" Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. "No, you had a great time." So like, what yeah. are we talking about? I don't know if I would go there now, but right. I went there during its axis of evil years, uh, and it was—it's truly one of my favorite places and some of the nicest people you could meet anywhere. Damn, I have no idea where we are. No this idea is at all. Nice. Did did is it? Brooke. Do you not use a smartphone? Is it? Did I read yeah. that correctly? I got yeah. one of these. I got. Well, I went a little harder than a flip phone. Okay. I got a. Uh, uh, what is this now? The Gravity Two, but then it flips up. So like, if I text, I can like text with full keyboard. Okay. Yeah. That's like a. What is that? Like a 2007 era. Around there. Phone. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's all the future of yeah of whatever that is. Um, yeah, it got too much for me. I think that's that's so. I have a, such a conflicted relationship with technology. Uh, it gives and, and you amazing I, things, right? And then it, your unhappiness level will increase too. I don't know how to oh, control it. Oh, it does. And this is something that's happened to me recently. Like within the last month, trying to write against a deadline. I want to fucking look at even this now. I see it in my pocket. I'm like, oh, I should look at who texted. It's like, why? Well, well, that's like. So we were lost basically. But and so if you had a phone, you could just drop a pin and see where we are. Right. So your first thought is, that's better. Right. But now you knowing what you know and knowing what I know, that's not better. That's not better. Because then you're, then, then you understand place through its abstraction. You know, uh -huh. a, a map is an abstraction, a useful abstraction of a concrete place. A useful abstraction of a concrete place. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it takes con a concrete setting and it makes it abstract in such a way that it represents the physical environment in, in a way that's useful to people who are trying to get around. Yeah. We are, yeah. Los Angeles is so big, man. We're like in some wealthy neighborhood on top of a mountain. This is the wealthiest shit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, like the servants' quarters are bigger than the house I grew up in. Right. Um, the the, the Cato Kalen uh, houses. So was there a breaking point for you? Um, I've been talking to my friend Soder. By the way, me and my friend Bert Kreischer, um, uh, we're talking about we're going on this, uh, the Impractical Jokers of a TV show on okay. True TV, and they do a cruise, and so me and him are going on it, and we're like, you know, we should we're gonna dock in like fake Mexico, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, like tourist Mexico, where it's just it wasn't Cozumel even, or yeah, things like that, where it wasn't even around 20 years ago, but now they have tour yeah. ships, so like yeah. build the thing, sell them sombreros, tell them it's authentic. Um, <laughs> um, and he said we should gift something to someone, okay, to our friends who aren't that like adventurous and like go out to a bar there and be like hey listen um, we roofied you um, we've taken your wallet and your license um, good luck heading home you're gonna pass out oh, now okay and then knowing they'd be mad but the experience they'd get out of it would yeah. be like life changing yeah but if they died we'd be in serious trouble or if they lost an arm or something we'd be like seriously <laughs> fucked but it's like maybe you'd have to trail them with someone from the insurance department yeah maybe but we like if you could go from far away like Truman Show kind of thing where it's like you can keep track of them without them knowing well, it, it, yeah it's weird that it's come to that you know that we have mm -hmm. to trick each other or trick ourselves into actually experiencing things in a way that wasn't that weird yeah 20 uh, years just ago just a few years ago people right? couldn't believe that I, I would shut off my, my email and my and my Facebook, all that shit, and just leave my phone on my desk, and just go like, how could, you, how, how are you gonna get around? I'm like, how did Uncle Gilbert do it, or you know, whatever? People went 20 years ago. Yeah. They all did it this way. It's not like, it's not you know the prairie days. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and my first vagabonding trip was in '94, 
Um, and there wasn't even... I remember when, when like, MapQuest had a function uh-huh. where you could print out directions? Triptych. That's how I went to L.A. Yeah. Triptych. And they would print out directions, stuff to do along the way in case you get stopped here. And then you'd look at the road maps, the road signs, and be uh-huh. like, oh, okay, that's this. And that, that just seemed so futuristic at the time. Mm-hmm. And now that's just like, well, why would you look at something when you can just have your phone tell you where to go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where you tell you exactly what you need to do. Take it right here. I want to see what this is. Okay. We're at Berkshire and Woodley in somewhere outside. See this like thing they built up for like hiking and shit. This thing here? I don't know. It's like down there. So maybe it's this. Water conservation alert status. Oh, maybe you can't that might just there. be the water. It was like built up. Maybe it's the thing over there. I don't know. A trail. It's a pleasant a little creek. part mm-hmm. of wherever this is. Pa- we were in Pasadena a second ago. I don't know how big Pasadena is. I like this getting lost situation. I do this more. This yeah. is like a good date situation. Right. Well, this drive. is. The, we're sort of auto flaneuring, uh, basically yeah. led by the the psychogeographical operating principle is my lack of paying attention. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sort of going straight. Yeah, unless... it felt unpleasant to be in traffic earlier. I'm like, hey, I'll yeah. get the left lane, I guess. Yeah. Um, my, my straw was, me and my friend Dan Soda were talking about it, how this effect is having on our lives, how we're always on it. And then we're like, maybe we should get rid of our data plan. Okay. Off our iPhones. Okay. Um, and did you do that? No. While I was like considering it and trying to like build up the courage, like that's amazing that it takes courage to do that. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, I left my phone in a cab. Okay. And you're not getting it back. Uh, unless you pay with a credit card, you're just ain't getting it back. Oh, if you if you leave a phone, yeah, in an Uber you got a chance. Yeah, in a cab, there's I, just no I way. did that in New Haven once. I left my very first iPhone in a cab, and there's just no way. Yeah, it's just like you call them, and like no, nothing's been turned in. I was like, yeah, yeah why would they turn it in? If someone the next fare didn't take it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have the auto thing on, and I knew it was on like lock, so it's like fuck. Um, yeah, I, I totally lost it that way. Yeah, and so I was shopping for a new one. I was like, well, maybe I'll get a Samsung instead. I heard they're getting better than the iPhones, at least back then three years ago um, and I did the thing where you like try it for a week and then like return it you have a week to return it and then I tested an iPhone for a week and then returned that six days in and then I was like before I was deciding I was like let me just get a shitty flip phone in the meantime and then I just stuck with it I just like stuck with it those free phones you get at Best Buy with, like, and how is there. that we were just here weren't we maybe yeah how did that change what are your lessons learned? Okay, instantly. I mean, the day of, mm-hmm. I was more social. Okay. I was talking to a comic, Nikki Glazer, and she was like, so how is it? I'm like, I've got it today. I would not be talking to you. I, mm-hmm. I would be on my phone trying to fill in the uncomfortable with, 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 you know, amazing treats, the future. It's all there on your iPhone. It's an amazing device. But I wouldn't be talking to my colleague. Um... It's it's like you 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 converse with people. You talk. I, one of my favorite things is do and see is I went to that Yankee game five too, and uh, okay. to see people on the jumbotron not realize on the jumbotron because they're down on their phones. Yeah, yeah. Which is the most exciting thing next to catching a foul ball in in baseball as a. He's fan. getting on a jumbotron. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did it once. The, tr- with, the, yeah. the trick is to bring a sign. Let's bring a sign. I did yeah. it with one of my friends at Dodger Stadium regular season game, mm-hmm. and I was just like having a good time dancing, and I saw the fucking. Uh, camera guy like looking at me and okay. I was like hey, I'm getting on the jumbotron in a second and then I just kept fucking funky dancing and then I was on and they're like you're how'd you do it I was like you got my eye man you know what a good thing was um, it's so exciting and I had been on television at that point I was like this was better nice uh, uh, it, it's weird how com- 
how compulsive that is, though, because people do people are sort of crazy for foul balls and they're crazy for the jumbotron, but it's sort of dumb at the end of the day. It's it like, is. It's okay, dumb. Okay, so you're on the, a big screen. Yeah. Because because I had a sign. I went to the last Royals game of the season this year, and I, and I brought a sign that just said, "We are grateful," because 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 like all of our best players are free agents at the end of the year. I would let them know. Yeah, you know, just just sort of a sentimental. Basically, it's my way of Thanks coming to emotional series. terms with the fact that the Royals aren't going to be good for a while. Yeah, and, and I think that there's the Royals fan base just has a sentimental relationship with like Eric Hosmer and Lorenzo Cain and Alcides Escobar and and um, Mike Mustakas, and so it was just it was just sort of my sentimental Royals fan thing. But people next to me started telling me that we were on television because so like their family oh, was really? texting them. Because they were on my sign, but next, because they were sitting next to me, yeah. but it was like this—they were very excited. It was—it was a weird thing. These were people like in their sixties who were excited because they were on television because they were sitting next to me with my sign. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my sports dork confession. I made a sign <laughs> for the last game of the royal season. That's good. You got on. Getting yeah. on is like that's the that's the dream of making a sign. I also made the highlight reel because those four guys were pulled from the game at the fifth inning so they could do a curtain call. Yeah, and so they like. Put the camera to them, and then they cut to me with my sign, and they cut back. Really? Yeah. Oh. So if you look at the at the highlight reel from that game, this is such a dorky confession because it's it's just like not oh, something. That's great. You were for the team, man. Get lost in it. Like I didn't I didn't put it on social media or anything because it was just it's just sort of a weird thing to do. Like you're you're 46 years old and you sit down and you draw a sign <laughs> that says thank you to, to some millionaire athletes. You know. You go to CVS, Mike. Do you guys have poster board? <laughs> How do you do this anymore? Yeah. No, I, I went to Hobby Lobby. I went to Hobby Lobby. I got a royal blue, really, or a powder blue sign, and I and I um, made my tribute to the Royals. And I got my section on television as a result. Yeah, I was at the game, and somebody was like, um, "The interview kids, they answer a trivia question and get like a hundred dollar gift certificate to somewhere." Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh, they're right over there." Just even seeing them, like right. they're celebrities now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for right now. Or like seeing the hot dog race, you know. I had seats on the field in Cleveland, Indians, Royals this year. Yeah. And like the hot dog people were like running past. And it's just a weird sense of excitement that take, overtakes the crowd. <laughs> it's like they're adults in wiener suits, you know. <laughs> I love getting way too excited when they do the um, the three-car Monty with like baseball helmets. Like which yes. one on the Jumbotron. Yeah. It's already decided. But I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Right. They fucking cheated. <laughs> like getting way too into it. Yeah. No, yeah, the, the infantilization of sports stadium <laughs> life, um, I, it must be part of the fun. I, yeah. I love baseball, actually. I, I Even when I don't have a team that it's I really so care chill, about, man. going to a new game. Parks. Yeah, they're nice parks. You drink beer that costs five times as much as it should. Mm-hmm. But then it's just slow pace of play. You bullshit. I don't know how knowledgeable you are about baseball, I'm but sometimes knowledgeable. I feel bad for the people sitting around me because I, I know, like, I never played baseball. And and I can you recognize pitches? No. Okay. You can? No. Okay. Well, I can re- I can tell the difference between a curve and a fastball. Yeah. But uh, you know, is it is it a is it a four seamer? Is it a slider? You no, know, I yeah, no way. Yeah. Yeah, no way. Um, I just know like what they've reported on on ESPN, but I know all that. And, and so I'm one of these guys who, if I'm sitting next to another person with a reasonable interest in baseball, then I I'm just thinking out loud the whole time, you know. Like, oh, do you think he's going to do a, Should they do a suicide? Uh, so once I was talking about a suicide squeeze and somebody sitting next to me obviously realized that I didn't exactly know what a suicide squeeze was. But <laughs> there's just something that brings out the bloviator in you when you're, you're, when you're sitting next to... I was going to say dude friends, but even just any, any, any gender, male or female, who just is enjoying the game. And it, actually, if it's... It's um, camaraderie. It's really great. 
Yeah, and then if if you're with someone from another country who is into baseball, then you can sort of baseball explain to them. Oh yeah, you, know? you become the expert. Right. Yeah, you become this. Let, um, me, let me help you through this moment in your life. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so the infield's in, right? So that means that's because they're trying to turn a double play, and they need right? to be closer to. It. And they'll ask you a question, you don't know the answer, you just try to BS your way through it. Then, then you're spitballing. Figure out as, you, yeah. as you're saying it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The, the, the amount of fake expertise that I can <laughs> yeah. exude yeah. with someone who knows about baseball less than me. Is that our bridge? Did we come back to it? Yeah, maybe. Do you want to go no, across it? Ten. No, that's not it. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just a bridge. It's just a bridge. I don't think that's the one. That's We're the driving thing. in circles in Pasadena, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, technology. So it, It's hard. It's hard. You're going to give up some things. But yeah. you're gonna rediscover some like joys and stuff that, yeah. that, that simple joys. Yeah, that you had that you were like they're, they're lost. The, the the idea that you just start a conversation with somebody, like on the subway or something, that you just wouldn't. Yeah. In uncomfortable moments, you want to be un- you want to be comfortable. So like, what's the quickest route to that? If I have a magazine, I'm sure I'll open that up. You know, that's why you have magazines on the toilet. You're bored and alone. Yeah. And like, well, what can I read? Yeah. Um, so you, instead of filling it in with that same shit, you fill it in with conversation or just like I don't know look around your surroundings yeah or, or think or think exactly actually podcasts have um, I hit an oversaturation of podcast listening because you can multitask anything mm-hmm. uh, with a podcast have it in the background um, but then I went for running has always been sort of a sacred space for me and I listen to some podcasts on runs and just realized that I really need that associative stream of consciousness thought on my run and sometimes when I'm writing, I'll solve narrative problems when I'm running. Wait, okay. So, um, so that's another thing. It's just even just being bored enough to let your mind wander and and use your brain in, in useful ways that aren't that don't involve consuming something. Walking really helps with that too, because yeah. you're constantly. Um, it's the same principle. Having new stimuli, getting your brain started on something. Yeah. You know, like we're just passing this dog shop, and I start if I, I could write a bit about dogs if I let my mind wander on it. But it would have been brought up by just walking past that. Yeah. And that must be important for you to be able to associate and Mm -hmm. attach. Yeah. Model trains. Okay. Trains. Oh, I had those when I was younger. Oh, you know when I was younger? Oh, that fucking baseball card I stole from my little... You know, it's like... Right. It's just something to get you there. But if you're just on your phone all day, you don't... So I just lost a bet. Um, We bet Dodgers-Yankees. They were tied earlier in the season. The Uh best record. uh, With my friend Sam Tripley, who's vet. Um... So this is a mid-season bet. Yeah, and we said whoever finishes with the best record um, wins the bet. Uh-huh. Uh, loser loses. Uh, Sixteen games later, uh, the Yankees were down twelve games. <laughs> it was just like uh-huh. they turned it on and we turned it off. Anyway, so the deal was go off your phone um, for a day because Sam's always on his phone. Mm-hmm. And is because this it's Sam, not, your t-shirt, mm-hmm, Sam? Yeah. Okay. And because is it's he, not is he fair. Fat? It's, yeah, okay. sort of. <laughs> it's not really. Sorry, it's yes. what your t-shirt says. <laughs> no, you got to trust a t-shirt, man. Yeah. I could left here. Maybe we'll pass right. it place um, anyway and that's not fair because my smartphone is easy for me to get off so I was like alright I'll also do computer no computer no no phone um, and then I fucked up and I texted somebody back and they caught me so I was like two days okay and so during those two days I'd wake up in the morning and I would just lie in bed I'd think for about 35-40 minutes just let my mind wander nothing to do I'm also a comic so I don't have to go to work Right. But normally I'd be on my phone instantly. Let me see emails. Plenty of stuff to justify. And then still had nothing to do, so I picked up a book. I uh, read a chapter of that. And then I was like... Do you want me to turn left and go in a square or just keep going? I don't know. 
You seemed decisive for a second, so I thought maybe... Because we were going further and further away, and I just realized we are getting away from whatever. Okay. Um, All right, so you yeah, wake I, up so in the morning. Yeah, I would come home at like 2.30 after, after the finish of the comedy cellar. And normally I'd check all my shit, my instant, my social media, my email, get, get, you know, catch up on everything. And even texts, and I couldn't do it. So I just came home, I'd take off my shoes and my shirt, and I just went to bed. I was asleep 12 minutes after I got home, getting more sleep. Hmm. And then the next morning, woke up and just like nothing to do again. And then I would just be waiting for 8 o'clock to roll around so I could go do my spots. So I'd go do work, I guess, technically. Um, so you weren't killing time. I was like, what should I do? So I took a walk. I went to that the bagel place I like. And I'm still like, fuck, all right. You know, I, I, I rode a little bit. And like, almost everybody doesn't have enough time in the day. That's not a unique experience to anybody today. Right, right. I had too much time. Interesting. It was annoying. I was like, I got to kill some of this. But you so were- like, what am I doing that's not letting me have enough time in the day when I have, literally do have more than enough? And I thought, I got to do this. I got to get off. I got to get off, like, all of it or something or do the Tim Ferriss thing of, like, you know, one or two days a week, check everything, and then every other right. day, not. That's interesting. The thought that popped in my head just now is, like, you kill time one way or another, but we've stopped doing it organically, you know? Yeah. We've stopped killing time by having a bullshit conversation or playing cards or going for a walk. Yeah. And, and, and you look at the dial, the dialogues from the 50s to the 80s, and it's all about how television is clouding our minds and, and killing our distraction. Um, Even that, it'd be, like, it'd be nice to be catch up on my Netflix shows that I haven't seen. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's like... But even now, God, you know, I watch, I, don't, I haven't had a TV in years, but I'll watch something on Netflix, but I'll have other tabs open. Uh-huh. And I've found that oftentimes I won't watch a movie all the way through. Yeah, because uh, you're constantly or being distracted. Or whatever, you know. Um, I remember Tarantino once said about Pulp Fiction. And he was like, I know you're not going to watch at the movie theater. He goes, all I'm asking is that you just put away the laundry until the movie's over. Just watch it. Just put away the other shit. And that was before smartphones, before all that shit huh. had our distractions. Huh. It's like, just get lost in it for a minute. Have you, you, just have you re-watched Pulp Fiction recently? I watched it like so many times. Uh, I've not watched it in the last 10 years, but it was like my favorite movie for a long time. Well, you and me and every white guy in America have a certain okay. demographic, you know. Um, that, that there was something, and in fact, that's something that's changed. I remember the the sense of excitement before Pulp Fiction came out. It's like it feels like if you if you were of a certain demographic, you just knew it was a movie to watch. Yeah. Um, and like you, I watched it many times, and then sort of hit my carrying capacity. Yeah. It's almost like other things from that era. Like I, I mentioned Jane's Addiction, but I don't listen to a lot of Jane's Addiction I'm anymore. Never liking them, yeah. Because I Same. I just listen to them so much uh, that I hit a saturation point. Anyway. I uh, watched it when, when my nephew was in Paris before Iceland. We watched Pulp Fiction because it was a tradition. I showed it to his brother That's at right that age. What you're going to say, yeah. And it was so interesting to see how much of Pulp Fiction was about relationships, mm. about husbands and wives or boyfriends and girlfriends. That you have uh, Butch and Fabian, right, who uh-huh. spend a lot of their time talking about the relationship. Yeah, his, right? the, the whole Gold Watch story is about um, the fact father. that. Well, his relationship with his father, but also the fact that Fabian forgot the gold watch. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, that, that has created this complication. You can almost see Tarantino thinking as a screenwriter, how am I gonna, what am I going to throw into this situation? Yeah, he's got to go back for that watch. Right. And then you have the drug dealer Lance and his wife, and they're arguing. They're sort of having this very domestic argument over where their medical kit is stored while Uma Thurma <laughs> yeah. is dying. You have Pumpkin and Honey Bunny, you know, who are basically 
they're having a vocational argument about whether to stay in their current line of work. Uh-huh. And of course, you have Marcellus, Marcellus and, Mia, and, and Mia Wallace uh-huh. and, and Vic Vega yeah, taking her out, and and very basic conversations about about the parameters of propriety inside of a marriage. Would you throw Tony Rockahora off a off of a balcony for, for, for up with your girl or for, or for touching her feet? Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, that was that was like in his forties, Rolf. Like I tried to write. Did you try to write a Pulp Fiction screenplay when you're in your twenties? No, but I feel um, like so I many would've. people did. Yeah, yeah. If I wrote a screenplay, I would have. Yeah, that was my thing. I wrote it. Actually, yesterday I interviewed the the Sharknado guy, and I actually wrote it for that company back before. Really? They were, yeah, when they were just a B movie company, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know. They actually liked it. This is in the nineties. Um, and then they're here. Oh, well, we like this, but. You need to change this in Act Two, and I'm thinking, what the hell is Act Two? You know, <laughs> I, I just I just wrote this stuff down. So, roundabout way of saying that I was drawn to the funny conversations and the violence. Yeah. Not realizing that all these years later, that it's actually sort of a slow movie sometimes. My nephew loved it because it's a weird movie. Yeah. And I, I think he, watch it he'd never seen anything like it. But then you watch it and you realize how much time is spent. Oh, then the Bonnie situation, right? Bonnie is the wife who's coming home, and if there's a if there's a dead dude in the garage, oh, yeah. then his marriage is over. So that's like, what's up? That? I that's am like, fucked. I'm fucked. You got to clear this out. Or it's right. like not even about right. like there's actually a dead person. I'm yeah. Take care of this. Like my yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get divorced. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm talking Jules, divorce. I'm gonna get divorced. There's no trial separation. And wow. so that's that's like five or six um, male female relationships that are vital. All right, I guess you can with the next one. That are vital in that, yeah. That are vital to certain tensions, certain cinematic tensions in that movie. And so Vic Vega takes takes uh, um, Mia Wallace out. It creates this tension about propriety with another man's wife, right? Wow, interesting. Um, and then, yeah, just all that stuff. I, I think Pumpkin and Honey Bunny are, are interesting because there's this there's this marital bond that's at the heart of their professional life as dipshit burglars. Wow. One of the things I noticed when I was, I'd studied it in college, Pulp Fiction, because we were studying oh, okay. American directors and they're like, okay, find right. an American director and study it. That, that honey bunny or whatever scene where it's like, everybody, nobody fucking move or I'll kill every motherfucking last one of you. Yeah. You know, so they do that and they do it at the end too. They revisit it. You know? It's different, right? It's different. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, why would he shoot it twice? Why not just use the exact same? And was there an answer? Was there? A yeah, hypothesis? because he's trying to say like these these scenes. It's like I'm not. They're not original to me. These huh. are just like part of pop culture. Huh. You know, where it's like they've been written a thousand times. I'm just like co-opting them a little bit. And even when he puts himself in it, he's always shooting himself like through windows and stuff. Where he's like, I'm huh. the director, but I'm not directing this. This is this shit's just happening huh. out of my control. Th- that's a brilliant movie, actually. Brilliant. Um, and he wrote that overseas. Really? He, he was in Amsterdam. Yeah. And that's why they, that's why um, Vince and Jules are talking about uh, McDonald's. Oh, Royale with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> if you nice. if you read about the creation of that movie, I think again, I think travel put him into a space uh, that that really put him in a, into sort of a mountain top narrative situation. He was able to juxtapose these things and create a really original movie that that is just remarkable. Wow. Uphill or downhill? I don't know. We'll go uphill. We're going away from the burrito zone, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is sort of veering into stoner talk with sort of fixating on <laughs> the, barone, the, the, the burrito specifically. Yeah. And that, that was actually one of the questions on my card. What? Um, should I do drugs? Oh. Because um, I, cause what I do don't. What do you do now? 
I, 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 I've never done drugs. I mean, you wrote a chapter of vagabonding pretty much on, on weed without really, like, saying it was about weed. Yeah, well, well, it was about partying, right? Yeah. Um, and I drink. I mean, it, 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 there's... The operating principle for my lack of doing drugs doesn't really make sense. It's just something I've always never done. Um, okay. I mean, that's not a good enough reason. Okay. For uh, anything. Yeah. Anything that also that you get tons of people saying this has value. Right. Um, and I'll do it eventually, but at this point I haven't done drugs for so long that yeah. it feels like I should throw an occasion. Like, I can't just do drugs. I have to throw a festival or something. Like, I have to mark... An it has to be like a, a wedding type event. Well, what kind of drugs are you talking about? Anything. Anything. Well, I have started a international mushroom festival. Well, I read about that, and I okay. think that's why I wrote this down. If you're looking for an occasion. And, and <laughs> Right, right. But, but I think I want it to be all about me. Although maybe a mushroom festival, and I, what I read about your straight, let's yeah. go straight. Yeah, look sure. at that. Yeah, we're, look like, at that. we're like Pretty looking cool. downhill into the beautiful span of Southern California. This is like... This is like the Beach Boys shit now. This yeah. is like residential Cal Southern California. Right down to the, the school the here. English school, yeah. You read about what? Well, you, you wrote very knowledgeably about shrooms. Yeah. Um, which it feels like that might be... Like, I don't think I would be a very good cocaine person because I think Coke. I would like it too much. Coke sucks. I haven't, haven't done it. it. Okay, I've done it five times. Always, always scared of it just because, like, the only experience I had was as a kid going to like a religious school was like right. people who had to do like public service to come speak to our school about the dangers of cocaine really about I, cocaine specifically yeah I was like I lost my house I lost my job and I realize now it's like they would never have been doing that if not for them as part of their arrest gotcha they had to get the 400 yeah, hours of community, community service, service yeah, yeah. So um, basically, they come and lie to school children. It worked. It worked. Okay, okay. I was scared of it. I was like, "You're going to get addicted for sure." And then in LA, you met all these people who casually did coke. Right. And I was like, "Wait, what? What? I thought you get addicted." Um, but it makes you annoying as fuck. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm actually really naive when it comes to knowing if people are on drugs. Mm -hmm. I just think, oh, this guy's super talkative. You know, yeah. he's not very interesting, but he's <laughs> he's super talkative. And then somebody will say, "Yeah, actually, he's he's coked up." Yeah. Or it's like, to the gills. like I spent Mardi Gras once with a group of friends and there's this one guy who was just so charismatic and so comfortable with his masculinity and was always hugging and, and like, well, he was on ecstasy. Molly, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the next day he was a total prick. And it's like, I the whole night, I just thought he was just this, the coolest guy ever who had no inhibitions and was just uh -huh. so comfortable with himself. And then the next day he was he was a total dickhead, you know, it's just but, he was But that drugs. made him a better person that day to hang around with. It was, yeah. 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 That, so I used to go... It made Mardi Gras more fun mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. I used to go to in Vegas with Joe Rogan a lot. I opened for him. He was the first guy to really take me on the road to open for him. It was really mm -hmm. nice, really helpful to my career. Um, but we do Vegas a lot of times because he do UFC shows. He's a UFC commentator. Right, yeah. That guy's sort of a polymath. A polymath? Well, he, like, he has a lot of different topics, mm -hmm. you know? He speaks... Yeah. I don't listen to his podcast a lot, but he's, he's a thoughtful guy, but he's also sort of buff. Apparently, yeah. he's not tall. Yeah. Uh, and then he's knowledgeable. I guess UFC seems exotic to me because it's not my sport. Yeah. Uh, and so it seems just like this technically. He's uh, real knowledgeable on it too. Okay. Yeah. And then, but yeah, it's technically different and, and specific. We're just circling deeper into the heart of suburbia, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know where we are anymore, which is fine. Yeah. But I have no idea. Well, let me check the gas gauge. We're good. We're at a quarter tank. Okay. I feel like we're eventually going to get back to Orange Grove. Yeah, I think we'll be okay that way. Get back to Burrito Land. Straight? Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, drugs, yeah. right? So okay. um, I, I completely agree. I've always been like a drug legalization guy. That's get, nice. That's nice. I'm la- happy with those people. They're like, right. just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not for everybody. Right. And actually, I, I was on jury duty once, and it was, this is an interesting social situation where it was, it was in north central Kansas, and there's maybe some meth problems in some communities there, and so it was sort of this meth trial. And they're here, well, what are your opinions on drugs? And should drugs, does anybody here think the drugs should be legal? And I was the only one that raised my hand. And then I explained, and then, then everybody else agreed, you know, that, that for whatever reason people thought, I don't know, what, are they going to get busted? Are they going to get their, their, their glove compartment checked because they went, because yeah, in, in jury duty they, they, they stayed an opinion? So that may have helped me get kicked off that, that jury. I don't Which know. Which is the dream of jury duty. Yeah, that's the goal of, yeah, of, of jury duty. Not do jury, of duty. jury selection is to, is to be curious and have opinions and get kicked off the jury. <laughs> I had a guy next to me the last time I did it, and um, it was like, there's only reason you can't do this. And I had a gig um, and when I didn't have many gigs, you know, on the road in, I think, Connecticut. And I was like, they're like, for you, you can't do this for two weeks. And I was like, yeah, I absolutely can't. I, 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 didn't, I thought it was like a four-day thing. And they're like, no, it might be longer. I was like, well, then I absolutely can't do it. And they're like, we're going to have to come back. And I'm like, I'll come back. I can't miss this. I mean, it'll hurt my career. And so this guy and next so that to me. worked? Yeah, it did. Like, you've got to reschedule. You're not out of it. It hasn't fulfilled. Uh-huh. Um, uh, like, I was panicking. I was like, I can't miss that gig. Um, anyway, this guy next to me says he has a medical problem. He's going to see a doctor, but he, when he sits down for too long, he gets very itchy. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Um, and, and is that true, or is that his his subdivision? I'm pretty sure he was lying. Okay. Um, but he said he's on his way to a doctor. Like, he's made an appointment. You know, it's like, he just hasn't done it yet, so he doesn't know exactly what it is. But And the, the judge, she saw through it. She goes, okay, so what happens? She goes, I, I got to stand up, and I can't. She goes, okay, well, then you can stand on my jury. Huh. You're good. And then they hit the guys. Like, not only am I going to be doing more jury duty, I'm also going to have to stand during the entire thing. <laughs> it's like, that's a terrible excuse. Well, what if your lie is that, like, I get turned on by court cases and, <laughs> get and I, 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 I have to masturbate, you know, if, if <laughs> defense lawyers uh, had trigger me sexually. <laughs> so then would the judge call you out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I guess you'll just Show have me. to jack off Show in me. my Show me. Do it's completion. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein does. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so I've, I've, uh, getting, getting, getting away from hypothetical, getting out of jury situations. Yeah. So here's the deal with drugs. Okay. Mushrooms, I think you would really like. Okay. And I also think everyone would and, really and like And they're it. organic. They're organic. They come from the ground. Yeah. You, there are no overdoses. Gotcha. Um, Timothy Leary would say like, if you're fighting against it at all, you just haven't taken enough. Okay. There is no too much. Interesting. Um, yeah. Same as kind of weed, although edibles, you get to the point where you could like throw up, I guess, as your overdose on, on weed edibles, but like, uh, right. it takes you away from your ego. So you get to see yourself. Shrooms? Yes. Okay. Ego free. Um, knowing everything you know about yourself, which is more than anyone knows about you. Right. Um, you know how you'll see somebody in your life, you'll judge them. You're like, you're doing this because you're still upset about your ex-girlfriend, but you're doing that based on your observant observance of that person. Okay. And which is not all of them. You don't know about the relationship with their mother or anything like that. And you might be right. They are doing it because they're, they're jealous about their ex-girlfriend moving on. Right. But it's more layered than that. So you know everything about yourself. And you get to take this, you like see yourself from the outside, really ego-free. And you get to see all your faults and your strength. Strengths. Huh. And you get to just like observe them. 
And is this all the time, or is it just it, it affords you the opportunity if you are introspective on shrooms? It, it forces you to be more introspective than you would. Not okay. every time is that is that spiritual moment where you get to really look at yourself like that, um, and not even the whole trip will be that. Most of the trip will be dying laughing. Okay. We'll be having a great time, right. laughing about dumb shit, but like laughing so hard that you spit up. Um, just great times, cathartic level laughing. Right. Um, I mean, they treat depression now with psilocybin. Well, actually, uh, Tim Ferriss is... Actually, I might talk with him about this when I interview him, but uh, he's been doing experiments with it. Um, what? Microdosing? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to speak for... I'm not sure if he's... Certainly he's done experiments with it, but basically for psychological reasons, you know, using strategic use of, of psychedelics for one's mental state or emotional state. Hmm. Um, and I don't know anything... Actually, I had a similar... When we were walking to Versailles, we had a similar conversation, you know... Um, and then I, you know, I had to admit that I'd never used any sorts of drugs, and so how did he react to that? Well, well, actually, his reaction was just sort of—he sort of—it's again that social compulsion that he feels bad, like he—he he doesn't want to be the drug pusher, like he yeah. doesn't want to seem like the guy who's trying to talk me into psychedelics. And so there's this, but I wasn't—I wasn't saying it. it's never been that way. Like it's not like I'm—I'm I'm 14 and Nancy Reagan is, you know, mm-hmm. is my no. guiding light. It's just that it's, I've, I've just come to this life situation where I've just never done drugs. And and so, and then also, you know, I, I think I grew up in an era where there was a lot of drugs, in, maybe in the 70s, became a metaphor. I don't know, in junior high. Metaphor for what, for losers? Well, just for freedom in the 70s, but then oh. I was the first generation of people who had stoners for parents, you know. Um, and then the, the, there's just a ton right. of drugs in my junior high. Like, strangely hard drugs and maybe I'm misremembering it but it just seemed like there was a ton of drugs at a very young age and it was sort of unromantic and sort of a desperation edge and I sort of felt like I don't know there's a cliche to getting out of a place like Kansas I have a lot of affection for Kansas but I didn't want to be the guy who is raising their kid and anyway there may have been some and what? superstition yeah. I didn't want to be stoner dad right you know um I, don't know, I guess it's that superstition you have when you're a kid and you're not sure where you're going to end up, but you know you don't want to be like the people you're around. And not to disparage yeah. Yeah. people I grew up with, because I'm friends with a lot of them, but I just, I, there was a very specific, I wanted to be a writer from a very early age. Um, and I felt like... Being like them wouldn't let you get there. Yeah, and I didn't want to compromise. I just, somehow I, I was just superstitious. I didn't want to do anything that would... That would okay. I get that. That, that would that time go against my cognition, right? Yeah, yeah, that time is over. Do you have any yes. history of schizophrenia in your family? Don't think so. Okay, then you're fine. With, uh, uh, with what? With doing drugs? Mushrooms. Or acid. Oh, with doing mushrooms, yeah. Well, actually, no, and I, I've had this conversation a lot, and, and in fact, when I was writing it, vagabonding and living in Thailand, there was a couple that lived in the jungle that would visit me sometimes at this residential hotel where I lived. Like, I, I knew all the expats in town. Uh-huh. It wasn't a very big town. Uh, and they were sort of evangelists for drug use. So I've, I've had interesting arguments and conversations about this. But yeah. he sort of convinced me that... Orga- or- burritos. Ooh, where? Okay. okay. Excellent. I'll take a right and a right. Yeah. He sort of convinced me of, if it's organic, it's okay. That seems fair. And, and so, uh, if it's a plant, it's a plant, you know? And that made sense to me. I tried convincing my uh, religious, I mean, like, more religious friend... Um, who's now a teacher in yeshiva in Israel. Okay. In a settlement in Israel. I mean, he is religious. And he's a rabbi. Okay. And um, 
I was like, you should do mushrooms. Like, you're out of your mind, Ari. I'm his last link to, like, non, you know, that stuff. To, like, the secular world? or Yeah, secular okay. world. He's like, you're out of your mind. There's no way. I'm like, why? He goes, because I'm a fuck. Orth-. He's not cursing. But he's like, I'm an Orthodox Jew. There's just no way. I'm a rabbi. There's just no way. Um, and I was like, why? He goes, God doesn't want you doing that. I'm like, why would God make them if he doesn't want you doing them? This isn't process in a bathtub. And he goes, I'm busy talking to God. I'm like, no, you'll talk to God if you do this. He left you a telephone. Did he do them? No. Okay. He said, he broke it down to like, I understand. I get what you're saying. And you might not be right. You might not be wrong. But if my students or the parents of the students found out, then I'd be run out of there. Okay, yeah. Which is like, okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. You don't have that problem. I'm not going to accept that from you as okay. an as a, as a excuse. So is that, would uh, if I was to have a starter drug, or like, if I was to do drugs so never once. Pot? No. Isn't know, that weird? Isn't I know one guy, Fahim Amor, we tried to get him. I was always telling him, like, I want you to smoke pot after you do mushrooms. I want you to be the first guy. Okay. And so I whenever people smoke pot, I'm like, Fahim, no, no, we had an agreement. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to do, uh, what's it called first? Um, Are you too tight on that side? Yeah, you're crooked a little bit. All right. I'll straighten it out. Um, yeah, you can be that guy. It'd be interesting. From an experiment level. Right. Of having no real experience besides booze as a mind alter. Right. Um, they're just great. Right. And also, burrito his, break. Are we gonna take? We're gonna. We'll gonna take a break. But hold on one second. All right. No, we're not gonna take this. Thing, I don't think. Um, that would be, be weird. You can't get addicted to them. Right. If you take them, your tolerance shoots way up. So for the next month, they just won't work. Huh. So the 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 idea of like, well, I'm gonna want to do it all the time. It just it won't do anything. Fair enough. I think I might that might have to be my starter drug. Yeah, that would be amazing. But, but and I want now, you to tell our, me about it. Our drug is burritos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, miking back up after burritos. Post burrito. Post burrito. Um, and we actually, did you intuit that we were in Pasadena or did you see something that said Pasadena? No, I, I realized we were back in. Oh, right, you recognize some streets. Yeah, some streets of Hill Avenue, and I was like, okay, we're back in where we're supposed to, not supposed to be, but came from. I, I mean, this is feeling even stonery just because we've <laughs> been we talking about this epic, well, we had the burritos, <laughs> but also we've. We've been talking about this epic driving we've been doing, but I think we've never really left Pasadena. Like, <laughs> we got into Pasadena like 50 miles ago, and <clears throat> we're still somehow. We did all of Pasadena. Driving through every socioeconomic corner. On, those guys make a left. Okay. Maybe, yeah, that'll take us there. So yeah, we we scratched our burrito. Itch. Those were okay. How how was? Those were okay. Yeah. Chicharrón burrito I've never had. But when I was in Costa Rica, it was like I kept looking at chicharrones on the side of the road. Yeah. I didn't really know what it was, and I saw it was like fried. Um, I guess just like something non-kosher. So I was with my religious family. Okay. And I was like, I can't get this. But then I worked up the courage to be like, hey, can we stop for some chicharrones? I want to just try them. And they were all like truck stop food there. Uh-huh. Just fried chicharron. Maybe chicharrones. I don't know how to say it. But, um, and I never got it. So now that I took that desire with me back to America. So and, when I see them now, I'm like, chicharrones. And we had the chicharrones. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. It wasn't the best burrito. So you don't keep kosher. No, that's all done. That's all done. Long ago? Yeah, after I, I came back from Israel. I was okay. like seminary for a couple of years. And then uh, after high school, and then like my first year back, I was like, started thinking about it. So as an observant Jew, you you still stole baseball cards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so how did, like, how did, do you have a relationship with your religious self? 
And, and I guess yeah, I'm struggling Judaism. with them right now. Okay, so exp- explain. Trying to come to terms with it. My next hour of stand-up, I'm going to be doing about Judaism. Okay. So I'm trying to build it. The stories, um, like the Bible stories, the laws, and then the then the the, um, the norms, social norms. Right. And just like talk about all that. I'm an I'm an advanced enough comedian now where I'm like I can do this. Right. So kind of west right lane. Yeah. Here. Right lane. Yeah. Turn right. Yeah. All right. I think you're on the freeway. Okay. Um, 210 West? 210 West. All right. And then start to move over once you get on the 210 West. Move over left. Um, yeah, but it was just like... Oh, the, the entrance right here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there's just shit inside me now because of that time. Because of your religious time? Yeah, I was a virgin for forever. Right. You know, what, so what, was, what, was your, what was your hymen age? 23. Okay. Yeah. Right. Way past when I stopped being religious. But right. it was still in me enough to where it's like this seems somehow wrong. And so is virginity a, a, a virtue in Jewish circles? You're just not supposed to. I mean, okay. you'll be a virgin when you get married. Like, there's, there's no... That's just what you'll do. Because there are a lot of Christian clubs in my high school, and sometimes I felt like it was just sort of like a virginity protection service. <laughs> yeah. Although there was a lot of mixing, boys and girls mixing, too. So maybe it, maybe I It turned out not to be that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's, just, it's just hard. I mean... <clears throat> yeah, twenty three is pretty long. Yeah, it's pretty late. Um, then I start waiting for the right girl. Sex is a little bit more instinctual than other vices. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get to an age and it's just it takes over even, your body. You even well-meaning religious people end up um, yeah having sex. So how long are we going to be on this on the two ten? A little while. Or are we going to go to the one ten? We're going to oh yeah move so over we'll, left. Okay. Um, and then keep going over left. Yeah. Okay. Maybe one more after this. Um, oh, back to drugs though. Mushrooms are great, man. You should do them. That that primer I wrote, that mushroom primer, was uh-huh. like me just having sort of discovered them, and then having right. done like five or ten times, and then being like, I know how. You know, the one, one, two, three, four, one, one go over one. Yeah, go over right. one. Um, I know how like how many questions people have about it, so I want to just write everything I can before it becomes like normalized. Could it be the safest option, or is weed just like the weed safer? Weed is safer. Yeah. Okay. And weed is like, I mean, actually when I first got high, I would stay high for like way too long where I'm like, get out of me. I was going to say it's like quicker. Yeah. But it's, it's not. It's also normal. It's like, well, you can just do all your own errands, you know, to make it more exciting once you build up your tolerance. It, you can't really do that with mushrooms. Roll your own what? You can just, while you're on errands or while you're like. Oh, okay. Right. Just right. handling stuff. Right. You can like yeah, smoke no, a J. I, no, I feel like a lot of America works stoned. Oh yeah, parents, parents stoned. Yeah, food service industry. Yeah, but I'm telling you're gonna love mushrooms, dude. No, I, I like the idea of mushrooms, and actually, I had some. Yeah, it, they seem strangely non-problematic. It makes me wonder why they're not more. What popular? Yeah, well, they're not everywhere. They don't like grow okay. everywhere. True. Um, Pacific Northwest has them a lot more. But still, you would have it more in like pop culture and stuff, and like, and or like now people grow them in their in their in their closet, so like you can do it, cultivate them. I guess they don't call them growing them. Um, now, do, you, do do they grow in poo? They grow on poo. I did. I mushroom picking. I went to some guys in uh, in Brisbane, uh-huh. um, and they're like, so some fans. Is it going? Yeah. And I was like, uh, they're like, let's go mushroom picking and take you some like. Um, pond where you can like jump into off, off you know like a like a couple stories up and this is in nature 
Yeah, but they were like, let's go to a cow patty and do it. Okay. It's the first time I've ever gotcha. done it like that. Gotcha. They, they grow right off poo. You just kind of flick the shit off uh-huh. or, or take the part of that stem. But it grows out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when did you do mushrooms for the first time? Uh, into comedy already. Um, so 20s? I took like a, a, a cap once at like... 28, let's say. And, and what's a cap? This is my naive podcast okay. guy question. You know what a mushroom looks like. So it's the cap of the mushroom. It's the top. Yeah. Um, but they're smaller than like the kind you get in like, um, they're dried. Let's say the kind you would get in a, a supermarket that you cook with, that you'd saute with. Okay. It's just dried up, shriveled up. Gotcha. So a cap of that. Uh, and some people have arguments about what has all the psilocybin in it. Uh-huh. But from what I've read, it's like, it drops out of the cap onto the stem, so really it's the same thing. But anyway, a cap, sometimes a cap and a stem is a good dose. Okay. And they'll be all broken up and apart because of the drying. Um, just a good light dose. It's just like, how much do you do? I'm like, nah, just a cap and a stem. You know? Gotcha. Um, so I had like a cap and it didn't really hit me that much, but I started thinking a little bit. And then I did like a heavy dose, which is like half an eighth. Um, eighth of an ounce. So like two grams, about two grams. Um, and that was like flying and crying and like discovering new things about you. Probably then I was like 29, 30. So question, do you need to like take the day off if you're gonna do shrooms? Yeah. So you, so you can't you, you can't just do it in the evening or multitask. It's like, okay, this multitask. is a shroom day. Yeah, it, the shrooms is a new thing. The most multitasking you can do is while you're at a music festival. Gotcha. You can like be on that. But then like you might miss your band. Really? Yeah. Literally miss your band. Uh, I mean, like, we went, I went with my friends at Bonnaroo, and, like, I decided, like, I'm getting shrooms for all the comedians. Um, okay. And I got, like, two ounces. I'm getting shrooms for all the comedians. Yeah. And then I got a bunch, and not just the, the crew of people that I was friends with, but, like, anybody who wanted some. And then people like Nick Thune, all the people come up to me, like, hey, do you have shrooms? I'm like, yes, I do. Here you go. Enjoy your time. Um, shroom dispenser. Yeah, shroom dispenser. It was great, man. People had, like, amazing experiences. Um, where it's like Michelle Wolf later was like I realize I can do anything I'm living my life right I'm a writer for some fucking show like Seth Meyers at a time and then she got she's like everything's going fine I, I don't have to shit on myself anymore huh like I'm huh. doing it um, so there's like an acceptance sometimes aspect to it yeah or like oh I'm doing this wrong I should just change it I don't have to continue this huh. I can just change huh. this behavior so there, there is some self Realization yeah. going on? Yeah. Huh. And tell me about Shroom Fest. What, Shroom, what does okay. that look like? Is, is there, do you go into the desert? Is uh, it, it go, you go wherever house? you want to go. Okay. It's not, it's international. It's okay. kind of like Christmas or St. Patty's Day. Okay. Um, there's no like place for it. But if you believe in like the interconnectivity of some people do believe this, of like uh, the universe, like all our souls are licked up when you're on mushrooms, you get to like tap into all that. Right. Then great then a lot of people are going to be doing it for the same reason at the same time so maybe someone in Iceland will be doing it at the same time as you for the same reason okay okay I don't believe in that right but if you got fuck it fine it's just an excuse to do it so right. we picked the, the, the weekend uh, in the summertime with the most amount of moonlight moonlight so you can walk around all day because we like going to Joshua Tree yeah and like yeah. during a full moon uh-huh. just like you can get shadows on you and just walk when no one's around and just walk into like into the everything and it's cool enough. That's actually kind of awesome 
without shrooms. I, I've, I've done some night hiking there. Really? Years ago. It was on my first vagabonding trip in January. It was cold, but it's beautiful. Yeah, know? depends when. It can be like 70, but it can be like 50. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous out there. All the yeah. buttes and everything. Yeah, climb rocks. You're like, I'm climb this. Yeah. When was that? When did you go? I went in 94, and then I went again this spring. On my, when I took my baseball trip to Los Angeles, a friend and I went out and hiked around in Joshua Tree. Yeah. And it's too hot during the day sometimes there. Yeah. The we sun can't is like be, relentless. We did some day hiking, but whatever, it was a mild day, but I can see how it would get hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just take shrooms out there, start a campfire, eat a little bit, then head off. Read that primer. I've read, I've I read some of it, yeah. Um, and then try not to be scared. Your instinct is going to be like, let me take a little less the okay. first time, but like, don't do that. Go, go for it. And, and would it be something in my hypothetical shroom initiation? Yeah, it better not be hypothetical. <laughs> do, do I do, uh, do I do, um, uh, do I, friends, uh, yeah. a certain type of friends? People you're comfortable with. Okay. No uh, woman that you're maybe going to hook up with in the future. Okay. Where you're still like worried about what you look like. Okay. Um, people that you're like still trying to impress. That's like, you don't want to be self-conscious at all. And so that self-consciousness can seep into the Yeah, and start worrying about, how do I look like? Yeah, you just want right. to be afraid. Don't tell anybody you're doing them. If you come in contact with people, you walk out into the world. So people I shouldn't just gonna live think you're broadcast weird. No, you should uh, not do that. experience. Uh-uh. You're going to want to walk around because you want to, like, be out of your skin. And so the result is, for me anyway, that you just, like, move away from your skin, but you, your skin stays with you. So I live in a rural area, so could I just, like, invite some friends there? Or do you suggest, like... Having a destination shroom. No. If you've got a big backyard and comfortable with surroundings, even better. If you got like an acre or two in your backyard and, and neighbors that won't well, get mad at you. I've got 30 acres. So Damn. I live in rural Kansas. Well, Can you get a little loud at night or, day, or daytime? Totally, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then that's great because then you've got indoor and outdoor. So you have yeah. different settings you can do. Yeah. And you can walk away and still be on property. That's why music festivals are so great. They're surrounded. They're like adult drug playgrounds. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Has anybody else characterized them as such? Certainly. I don't think so. Maybe, adult though. But drug that's, playgrounds. that's what they are. Everybody's really on them. what they are. Yeah. Wow. And it's safe. And then there's medics everywhere. Right. And nobody thinks you're weird. You don't have a job to, like, you're missing out on. But, right. yeah, you got to block off that day and not the next day, but you might have some thoughts you want to, like, hang around with the next day. So should I do that? When should I, should I do this like for my 50th birthday or? When is that? In three years. No, man. So you want me to like inside of a year, you think I should do shrooms? Yes. Okay. If it's, if you haven't done them by next shroom fest, you should, you should have that as your time. When's shroom fest? I got to look for what next year is. Uh, this oh, year it's, was, it's in the summer. Yeah. I'm often in Paris in the summer. Great. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's no bad place, really. Right. Actually, I, I can't do that because I'm working. I'm teaching. I don't know if my students want me to. Well, then you better fucking do it before the summer, then. Right. So it won't be a problem. Well, yeah, there's your, uh... your place in Kansas sounds perfect on a warm day. Yeah. In yeah. May. This, this is weird. I'm, I'm like publicly thinking out loud about drug initiation. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's a time and a purpose for Luckily everything. Luckily, you're not right? a rabbi. And, well, and that's that's the Old Testament. There's a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. Mm -hmm. They don't specify shrooms. They don't. But there's a time to... Yeah, Jews don't believe even drunkenness is a problem. They just like say you should control it. Gotcha. Like, not too often. Right. Um, gambling, too. Like, you can gamble, but huh. just not every day. It seems um, quite reasonable. Yeah, yeah, they really are. They also view the same for homosexuality. Huh. 
which is like a, the weirdest of all the religions I've seen deal with it, where it's like, I mean, don't, but your desire is just like your desire for, for wine. Huh. Fight it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like, uh, Buddhists have, have no issue with it, right? Yeah, Buddhism doesn't have God, though. Ah, so you're thinking about the monotheist. Yeah. Monotheistic. Yeah, I guess so. Um, All right, so at some point in the next year... you got to do them. Find so, a friend. Find 10 friends if you want. Right. Even better. And so, like, if I'm... Is it going to be hard? It's going to be hard to find shrooms in you Kansas, You better start though. looking. So you got to start looking. Craigslist. Right? Uh, no, I put that on there. you got to find your dirtiest friend. Okay. Ask them. If they tell uh, you... No, I have Kansas. Kansas is can be druggy depending on who you hang out with so I'm sure I okay. can find somebody and if they're like I don't, I don't have mushrooms like do you know where I can get some is your next question but, but I feel like west coast or the, like the pacific northwest would be the greatest the best place like the healthiest mushrooms uh, maybe people grow them in their in their uh, closet my friend grew the best um, that I've ever had these penis envy mushrooms they look like dicks okay. and they're called penis envy and they're like half ecstasy half mushrooms they just like make you love your friends. Wow. But yeah. yet they're organic yeah. mushrooms. Yeah. Huh. Um, and those are closet born. Yeah, back in the day when people didn't know how to like change that. But like weed now is all grown indoors. The good stuff. Yeah. No, I have friends who do that. Yeah, and the outdoor stuff is like, man, it's okay. I have friends who couldn't give a shit about learning anything in school. <laughs> and now they're horticulturalists. And, and, yeah, and now they're like they're like scientifically lit- literate and they, they have this technician grade knowledge of indoor growing. It's yeah. it's a marvel to yeah. behold. It's cool. Should I stay in this lane or get further over? Uh we can stay here. It doesn't matter. One thirty four, we gotta go to the one oh one. I'm trying to remember where to get off on this. I don't know why shrooms uh, I'm I'm below a quart of a tank, so um, when I drop you off I'll fill up. Yeah. We, um, you should know that you'll be scared before you take them. Okay, you'll, so you'll lose some self control. Like, oh, when when I do them, I'll lose some self control. Yeah. Okay. It's an inebriant. So it's okay. Right. Um, and that's why a lot of people say they. Will don't I be take a dumbass? No. Okay. No, you're all there. You don't lose your surroundings. Mm-hmm. You don't be like I'm on the moon, and it's it's not like that. Heavy acid, maybe. Is there memory loss or or? Well, I try to like have a, one of those Moleskine notebooks in my pocket. Okay. To write down, usually illegibly, um, these thoughts I have, so I can get back to them later. And are there are they worth getting back to? Yeah, you'll see universal truth. No shit. You'll see it clearly for the first time. Um, some of them absolutely not worth getting back to, but right. some of them yes. And you, you, it's like a dream. It, you, you come out of it like knowing it, and then like hours later, you're like I sort of have that. A day later, you like have a glimpse of it, and then a week later, you're like I don't remember what I thought. And then the more you do it, the more you can bring back with you. Can can it ever be a negative thing? Can you have a bad trip, okay. so to speak? Yeah. Bad trips are not as bad as a bad cross-country flight. Okay. Uh, if you're stuck in the middle seat next to a baby who's crying. So it's knee pain. Uh, it's what? No, I just made a bad joke. Knee oh, pain. Is yeah. my red bag back there? Yep. Okay. You want it? No, I just... It's almost like traveler's paranoia. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, how you're yeah, traveling yeah. overseas. Where's you just, okay, just want to make sure you know where your belongings are. Yeah. And so suddenly I realized I couldn't see my red bag. Yeah. yeah. Just I don't know why that would seize me on this highway, freeway in Los Angeles. But anyway, you were saying. Um, oh, uh, yeah, the bad trips. The yeah, bad trip the bad thing. trips is just like, it, it'll be bad moments. It'll be an hour of like, so my friend Fahim started thinking about um, his parents and how they're going to die. And they start thinking about death in general. Mm-hmm. And he he started to like swirl down, 
Um, so there were negative thoughts, but not bad, just dark. And okay. then an hour later, we were dying laughing over some painting in my friend's grandmother's place. Like, like dying laughing. Is it, um, do you stand out? I mean, do people stand on the street and think, what, what's wrong with these people? You'll be weird. Okay. But they're just going to think that guy's weird. No one will know that you're on drugs. That's why I wouldn't tell them because they'll treat you differently. And you don't want anyone observing you. Do you remember your dreams? Do you like to make a point of remembering your dreams? Sometimes I do. I've been off weed for this month and I have vivid dreams now. Because I, I, um. Do you? Well, every time I've tried to do them, I would rather, like, I, I have disturbing dreams, and I don't like that. Right? Yeah. So I'm sort of in the habit of forgetting my dreams. And so I'm just wondering if that mental state, if if I'll have some negative fixation, if that's possible. What do you mean? On shrooms, that, that my brain, I will, something negative will come up, and then I'll be stuck there. Okay. Um, there's things you can do. Okay. When the thoughts are getting too much, um, or too overwhelming, um, this is going to sound hippy-dippy, but it works. I don't know why. Okay. You just quietly to yourself, but out loud. Just go, hey, mushrooms, pull it back a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's the act of saying it makes uh-huh. your brain say, say that. I, I don't think you're talking to the mushrooms, but whatever reason, they listen to you. You're anthropomorphizing the mushrooms. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why it works, but it does. I didn't think of that. Someone else did. Right. I don't know who. But just let them know it's too much, and they're like, okay, okay. They'll just respond. They'll just, like, within a few minutes, you'll be back to normal. Let's turn this frown upside down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then just, like, I don't know, a minute later, you're thinking about your, your friend, you're just cracking up. Or thinking about good things. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, do it with, like, ten buddies in Kansas City. And also know that nothing bad ever happens to anyone on mushrooms. So there's no... There's... So the fears are, like, irrelevant and ridiculous. There's no hospital ward full of mushroom uh-uh, victims. Uh-uh. My friend got arrested though once. He went to, uh, he was like chasing our other friend around his apartment naked. Okay. Um, just as like a joke. Um, okay. But then the one friend who got chased was like, I'm out of here, this is gross. Um, I'll go in the one on one. So exit. Left. Stay oh, left. left. Yeah. So don't exit. No, don't exit. All right. Um, and then he left. Oh, yeah, we're good on this one. Uh, so he left, but then like, 45 minutes later he hadn't realized the time had passed that much oh yeah I guess do get over one I don't know um, and then he was like no I'm gonna catch Benji so he went outside to catch him naked at like 2pm in West Hollywood <laughs> he got arrested instantly um, I mean instantly and so for, he got arrested for walking naked yeah shrooms yeah but, and then but not go, really the shroom aspect it was the naked aspect yeah 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 and then that wasn't great because then he's all like confined um, in a, uh, then he in was, a had, really, I don't want to be confined. He state. wasted his shroom experience on jail. Yeah, and you want, like I said, you want to get out of your skin and move, and like when you're locked up. But my friends use that as an example of something bad happening to somebody. But I'm like, he got off. It was con- like commuted sentence. Like in the end, nothing happened to him. He was fine. Uh, yeah, no, that's benign as far as yeah weird drug experience. Good experience. You can write about it. Yeah, now I'm excited for you. You're going to have to tell me when you do it. Well, I do want to write about it. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I, just, I, I, want to, I want to get multiple... Maybe this is the wrong way of looking at it. Maybe this is some horrible utilitarian American way of looking at it. But I, you know, I want to, to almost have... You know, to, to test my variables. To, to, to write about it. To even write about it beforehand. Uh-huh. I don't know. Sure. Um, 
I just I, I like the idea. It's almost like an adventure. It's like going to a, a new country in a certain sense. Yeah. In that it's it's just a new. Yeah, it'll be a new way of thinking about things. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep a journal for the day after to write down all your thoughts, and then if you do right. it another time, then right. keep a separate journal. Is it are people immune to to shrooms? I mean, could I take them and it's just like I've not, heard not that? of that. I've heard of that. I saw someone who was immune to weed once, but I generally don't believe that. I'm like, you're not smoking, right? Right. And then my friend's girlfriend, she said that. I was like, there's just no way. She's like, I'll do it with you if you want. It just doesn't do anything to me. And I was like, yeah, I do want. And I saw her breathe in a heavy amount and like suck it down her lungs, like empty mouth, then breathe out like enough times to bury me when I was at my heaviest. Right. And she was like, I don't know, maybe like a little tingling in my jaw. I was like, oh man, no. <laughs> yeah, you're immune. Interesting. How often do you smoke weed? I used to do it too much. Before I left for Asia, I cut down because I was like getting cloudy. What, like wake and bake or just? No, not quite that, but like five times a day. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Just like all through. And it wasn't having the effects it was before where it's like making food taste extra delicious. Mm-hmm. Making, like, giving the giggles. I was just getting back to even. Yeah. So I cut back to just when my friends are smoking, I'll smoke with them. And then it got back to having that effect. That's cool. Yeah, thinking like creatively. Take Laurel Canyon Boulevard down. Laurel Canyon. Yeah. Um, and how often do you do shrooms? Obviously, once a year. Yeah, and then more. Probably four times a year. It's a summer drug. Okay. Because of the walking around. Right. So if it's cold, then that limits your. Yeah, you gotta really be indoors or something. Does or, the cold know, itself impair your experience of the drug? I don't think so. I don't think so. It took a little bit in Indonesia. I'm excited for you for going. Yeah, no, that's um, to it. Just a little bit, but it was not, not cold at all there, but it was the winter time. No, it's just like, uh, no, it's just you want to be walking around. What other intoxicants do you use in, in, in um, the course of a given year? Because obviously Coke, for whatever Jewish reasons, you've decided that. Yeah, I've done it. I did it three times in Edinburgh a year ago, just because all my friends were cokeheads. Um, so it's like, fine, I'll do it tonight. Um, but I'll do MDMA once in a while. Like a left. That goes really well with mushrooms. Hmm. Because if the only bad thing is those bad thoughts spiraling down. You, you M- said go left? Yeah. Okay. And the MDMA makes sure those thoughts are up. Okay. So then you still have the fun positive. It just ensures... It's like a condom for your thoughts, <laughs> keeping you like, huh. keeping them positive. So then you can't have the like, wow, oh my, this friend's such a good friend. Oh, look at those pretty colors. <laughs> um, staring at things makes you like see see visuals better. Like being sort of a like like this, maybe you don't get as much, but if you're like, on that uh, that brick stuff and staring at the bricks, then it'll start to like, like wave a little bit. Uh huh. You'll, have, you'll see it, man. It's so good. Yeah, no, I'm, this like, will be interesting. Oh, cool. That cool stuff is like not going to affect your like mind later. It's not going to make you a better person. But, but I shouldn't shroom cast it. No, I, I, I advise against. As someone who like strongly advises people to do mushrooms, okay. I advise against. Don't mix recording it. MDMA maybe, but not. Yeah, you don't want to be like observed. Okay. You want to be free of all that. Yeah. That's why it's like when people like. When I'm doing them, like, I'm not going to do them, I'll do them with you. I'm like, well, then you're not invited anymore. I don't want you looking at me. It's like, are you freaking oh, out right now? Right, 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 right. And staring at, like, what's the effect like? It's like, get out of here. Let me have the experience. 
Do you know where you are, by the yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. We're going to go up at Over Laurel Canyon. This is the pass. And then... Um, I like... I right like there. Actually, a nice thing about this drive is that I've just randomly seen a lot of really interesting places. <laughs> yeah. I don't even really know where they are. I guess most of it was Pasadena. But yeah. What a pleasant... And, and that park, too. Encino Balboa Park. I mean, Griffith Park. Yeah, yeah. The train area. I didn't see that before. Right. That was right where I picked you up. Yeah, nearby. Burbank. I didn't know it was that close to, to Griffith Park. Yeah, well, I guess Griffith Park is pretty big. And yeah. Is that is that the whole hill? Is the whole hill Griffith Park? No, but a lot of it's connected. You can see that on the map, the, the green parts. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty sizable. Um, yeah, I'm excited for you for doing mushrooms now. Yeah. Actually, I, I didn't go into the interview. I just had on my, my uh, yellow note card, which I haven't used at all, should I do drugs? You should, and, yeah. and now I feel like I've been talked into doing shrooms. Yeah, you've accomplished the things you set out to do in your life. That's, That's fair to say I don't want this to hold me back. So it hasn't. Right. You've got a career. You still have your job in Paris. You're still already <laughs> writing your next book. Yeah. Um, you're on your way. You know? Right, and I'm 47, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are not going to get the kids you without doing mushrooms. Don't be ridiculous. Traveled bro. the world. So, uh, yeah, no, I, this, I'm going to have to wrap, wrap my head around it Because literally, when you got in the car in Burbank, that was one of, like, uh, 16 questions on my notebook. Yeah, you card. just randomly picked, it, picked out of those. Right. <laughs> like, and, uh, what else? Yeah. And it could be that I read about your shroom fest, and so it's fairly high on my card. Yeah. But what else do I have? Well, baseball, we've sort of covered that. Yeah. Um, hugging. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always confused about hugging protocols. Like, whether you're allowed. Like, do you hug people? Like, when do you hug someone? I don't and, know. And if it's an old friend that I haven't seen, then I do it. Right. For a while, I wasn't hugging women because I felt like it was sexism. Well, see, that's it. I think part of the problem, and this predates me knowing the term, but like the consent thing, right? Uh huh. And so, who wants to be hugged and who doesn't want to be hugged? In New York, you kiss hello. In other countries, you do this, you uh -huh. do that. But I have this core Midwestern self that just says that is very conservative about when you do and don't hug. And so I, I, I wouldn't even say that. It's the other way with sexism, where it's like if a woman's rubbing her boobs up against me to say hello, okay, I'm going to treat her differently. Huh. If her consent is I want to hug, then mine is like, no, let's handshake. I handshake other men. Why are we making this? A, uh, and I know it's not that as sexual huh. as that, but a part, it's, it's slightly sexual. So if I'm going to treat you like an equal, let's be equal. So you're trying to preempt titillation? Or yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah, where it's like, let's not even see you that way. Let's not even go skin to skin. Let's okay. just handshake. It works for dudes. Huh. And then if it's an old friend, of course, I'll hug. Right. You know? Right. My dad I'll hug. I don't usually hug my dad. Really? I'm super tight with my dad, but um, I, I just don't think he came from hugging stock. Yeah. I, I think my whole family didn't come from hugging stock. Um, but then I have also, I guess I, I'm, I'm often self-conscious about when it is and is not appropriate. Yeah. Um, and then am I being standoffish by not being more warm with my greeting yeah. um, or am I being just icky and in, in, up in somebody's space mm -hmm. by initiating a hug when it's not appropriate women, so. women thought I was being standoffish and I was like I'm trying yeah. to treat you like an equal yeah uh, we had this comic Angelo Bowers who died in a car accident but he as an open micer was just like I hug everybody and okay. it was just like nice and it sort of changed how comedians greeted each other in LA it like just bled up it trickled up Huh. Yeah, and people were just like, how you been, man? Just like, everybody hugged all the time. It was kind right. of, like, pleasant. Why did we just let go of that? I don't know. Well, I wonder what the cultural grounding of all this is, because I... Homophobia. I heard, I heard 
years ago that you you offer your right hand to show you're not holding a weapon. I don't even mm -hmm. know if that's true. Oh, yeah. Or you bow to offer your neck um, in, in East Asian cultures to the sword. You're right. basically saying, I come in peace. And then I can see the homophobic thing. Um, Why you but, hard. Yeah. But, but then also, like, back in the day when I drifted from sort of staid Lutheran circles to more evangelical circles, that was a really huggy bunch. Really? You know? Um, yeah, and, and I could be wrong if there's oh, yeah, nice evangelical Christians people like listening, but it just feels like there there wasn't, it wasn't, evangelicals can be homophobic, but they certainly didn't have anything against hu dudes hugging. Right, where it's know? just like, they're so pleasant and nice. Real Christians are so nice. Right. Yes. You know? Not and, the judgy and, it's, ones. And, and actually, it's true. That's true. That they're, they're really nice circles. It can get weird. Yeah. And of course, invariably, people become hypocrites un, under certain circumstances. You know, mm -hmm. I think we're all... Um, hypocrites to our convictions to some extent. Now, I spent a lot of time in evangelical circles, and oh. I, I think there's too much singing in church in those. Anyway, that's that's another conversation. But um, uh, that that's just something that I, I, I observed that it was much huggier, and that there wasn't oh. homophobic right. things attached to hugging. You got to move over one lane, by the way. All right. But whenever you have a little time. Right. Um, yeah, maybe that. But with dudes friends who aren't evangelical it's like it's an underlying like don't touch me bro right yeah, yeah. anyway that's just a that's just a side that's something I wonder about sometimes and so part of my pretext for doing this is just to just have conversations and <laughs> yeah. think out loud about things uh -huh. are we almost back yeah. we, okay yeah. so how do you wind down your episodes uh like is there is there some sort of a throat clearing transition nah I just be like yeah I think that's about it alright well thanks for coming in man okay. <laughs> well, it's just like I guess we're finished that's a comedian um yeah some podcasts do like we always say the national anthem at the end if you'll join it with right. us something like that it's like come on well or a set of questions like I've, I've on a couple of recent ones it's like well what have you I've sort of had a variation of what have you learned from your experience of X and they just they just don't know or, yeah, or, or they, it's it, tough when you it, have the thing you have to cover every time. Right, so they're supposed to boil things down, and it's just it's just hard. So yeah, and you make someone stick to something specific that's supposed to be grand. What are the three things in life you can't live without? Like, can we fuck? Can, can you give me a month to think about this? Right, right. No, I've thought that that would be interesting if you could prepare. If you could prepare, yeah. But, but then there's the question of, oh, do we, oh uh, no, it's closed here. off. We'll go to the next street. Oh, can you make this? Yeah, make it. Okay. This guy's doing it, so yeah. we'll yeah. try it too. For example. Yeah, I don't know. If you would say like, what's the most, what's the funnest place you've been, or, or I don't even like the words funnest, like 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 ultimate words like that, favorite, best. Yeah. It's too it's too hard to answer, and it limits to everything else. It's, superlatives, it's right? That, yeah, superlatives. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, if it was something like that, I'd be like, tell me one fun place you're thinking about right now, or the fun place you've been. It's on your mind. Right. Maybe not the best, but just for, give me one. For me or for? Yeah, for you, or if it was going to be something like that. Whatever. I don't know how much you're going to be sending that around That reminds travel. me, Ari, what, what's fun, one fun place uh, you're thinking about? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Which way do I go? Left. Left. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I really love East Timor. I'm thinking of maybe going back there after Australia. That's awesome. It's such an obscure place to go, too. Yeah. Is this your block? This is my block. All right. Just give me some advance notice. It's right here. All right. Let's go. Um, yeah, I really love East Timor. And the, uh, I, I love those sorts of places where nobody else goes. Didn't expect or, to be there at all. Or there's a, there's a certain class of traveler who ends up there. Yeah. 
yeah, it's not set for us. So it's like, figure it out. There's no maps here even. Well, thanks for joining us, yeah, Mr. Thanks, Mr. Ari. Nice seeing you Until again, next man. time, till I shroomed up. <laughs> Did you get up for sure? Tell me about that. For sure, you have to. Definitely. This has been the Deviate with Rolf Potts podcast. More about everything that was just mentioned in the show notes at rolfpotts.com slash deviate. And as always, you can contact me with insights or questions at deviate at rolfpotts.com. This episode was produced by Justin Glow with research support from Jan Futterman. Music is, as always, by my nephew, Cedar Van Tassel. Thanks for listening, and I hope you tune in for future episodes of Deviate with Rolf Potts. Deviate with Rolf Potts.